This morning's passage is from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. This is God's word for God's people. You may be seated. Good morning. Happy New Year, right? I'm Scott Norston, by the way, if anybody does not know who I am. Thank you. Yes. One person knows who I am. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm an architect for my real job, but it pays the bills of serving the Lord, right? And so here I am this morning to, to share the scriptures with you. And I have bad eyesight, so you're going to see my, this is where the, my focus zone is right here. So you're going to see my notes a lot. But anyway, so this being the new year, I thought I'll just take a minute. What are some traditions that people do on New Year's Day? And I was looking it over, and one of them is to take a nap. Any amens out there? Yes, we know how to say amen here, don't we? (laughs) We just got to say the right words. Uh, Go shopping, right? Some people want to go shopping, maybe. Watch football. Yes, yes. Uh, Some have this 30- or 40-day challenge about diets and working out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just part of it, right? Okay. Well, in Greece... I guess they do this. An onion is traditionally hung on the front door of the homes on New Year's Eve as a symbol of rebirth and New Year. On New Year's Day, parents wake their children by tapping them on the head with the onion. (laughs) Don't try this at home. My kids would not appreciate being woke up by tapping them on the head with an onion. All that being said, I was really praying through. Jared and Andrew asked if I would speak on New Year's Day and and just praying through, what does God have for us as providence? What portion? And I landed on 1 Corinthians 16, uh, verses 3 and 4. And courageously advancing God's kingdom for this coming year. And the verse was read, be watchful. Say that with me. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Now, some versions have act like men. So if you're wondering what a man, man's supposed to act like, the idea is to be brave. So I'm going to fly with uh, be, brave, be brave, and then be strong, be strong, and then let all that you do be done with love. Okay, very good. So that's going to become my outline for this morning. And these exhortations come at the end of a book of 1 Corinthians. And Corinthians was kind of a messy church, if you know anything about this book. There was divisions over Christian leaders, the spiritual superiority. I follow Paul, I follow Peter, I follow Apollos. There's jealousy, there's quarreling, sexual immorality known in the church, no action taken. There's lawsuits. The Christians were suing one another, eating food offered to idols, abusing the Lord's Supper to the extent where the Lord is actually taking people home to heaven because they were so abusing this time. That's pretty bad. Prioritizing certain spiritual gifts over others, so there's this pride, I have the gift of this and this, denying the resurrection. And so if you thought about joining this church, if you're coming together, it's like you might give this church a very hard pass. It's like not interested in being part of this group. But instead, Paul invests his time and his energy, and he's thankful for them. And that really spoke to me because uh, in their BC days before Christ, It says there was sexual morality, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, and such were some of you. But 
You are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We have church, the reality is church has messy people in it. And the, all churches have some degree of messiness. And that's what's cool is that God wants to take us in our mess and bring us to a more mature space in Christ. In 2 Corinthians, the next book, it says, your new creation's in Christ. The past doesn't define you. All things become new. And so praise the Lord for that, right? But we, we work with and we dwell with messy people, but we're on our path of God maturing us. And what's neat is in chapter 13, the love chapter, you hear this read at weddings a lot. It's found in Corinthians because as you work with messy people and you have relationships and you rub shoulders with people that are messy, love needs to be present. And that the scripture we read for this morning, all things must be done with love. So love is a major part of this book. And God pours out his grace and love on them. And he ends this chapter 16 with those words, be watchful, stand firm, uh, in the faith, be brave, be strong, do all in love. And we're going to find before this is over, all this is only done in the power of Christ. He's not calling me to do this on my own because that's not going to be possible. And we're going to see that. All right, so that's going to become my outline. So be watchful. We're going to talk about what that means. So it's, it's to be aware of your surroundings and its influences for good or evil, for spiritual health or compromise. And I'm going to look at two parts here, to be watchful for your own spiritual health and watchful for other people's health as well. So when Christ was in the garden, and he's just about ready to be crucified, he tells his disciples to watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so I had to realize, in my flesh, Paul says, dwells no good thing. The flesh does not want me to have victory. It is going to constantly push me in the wrong direction. And so I want to be watchful that I don't set myself up for fall in the areas of temptation. And in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to desire. And so as we walk through 2023, let's really be watchful because Satan will do what he can to stumble you, to trip you up, to devour you, and to trash your testimony. And so let's walk in this newness of life and be watchful for yourself. Okay, so I want to give an example of my own family history to be watchful for myself. And that's in the area of alcohol. I have a grandfather, 50 years old, alcoholic, never met him, died at 50. I have an uncle, died at 47, alcoholic. I have a brother, dead at 46, alcoholic. Found him dead in a used store at garage. I lived through that one. Extended family member in their 20s, goes through alcohol treatment center. And so for me, I want to be watchful. I don't drink alcohol. Because of that history that's in my family, I want to be watchful. Now, I'm not tempted if someone drinks in front of me. And when I say that, I want you guys to feel too that, hey, if I decline an offer, I'm not trying to judge you or make that I'm holier than thou, so to speak. The reality is my history with alcohol, alcohol has not been a friend to our family. It has resulted into death. Now, as Christians, we have liberty to drink. I totally get that. We don't have liberty to get drunk. As it said, some of you were drunkards in 1 Corinthians. But I want to be watchful of my, of my condition, and so I want to be careful in that. And so we all have our areas of weaknesses and strengths, and let's just be aware of that and say, okay, I don't want to go there because it's going to cause me to stumble. It's going to cause me to fall and get into trouble. 
And so the Christians, I mean, their patterns of life before they were saved, they were sexually active. You see that in the world today. I mean, it's interesting how the times, even though they're different, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, that man's heart has never really changed. Before they were saved, sexually active. Christ sets a new standard. Let's be watchful in that area. Pornography. I'm scrolling through. I'm not a real tech guy. I'm scrolling through the news feed on my phone. Oh, yeah, so-and-so. And then, I don't know why this is a news feed, but so-and-so wears this kind of see-through dress. I'm thinking, what is, what is newsworthy of that? But it's a, it's a hot button where you can click on it, easily jump to it. You just got to be careful because that's out there. It's just very, pornography is huge. And I want, we want to be careful of that. Uh, it's interesting, that even in the list that some of you were, they said they were thieves. I remember when I was five or six years old at Baker Supermarket, they used to sell candy cigarettes of all things. I mean, they're promoting cigarettes. I don't know if you can, who, who remembers candy cigarettes when they're little? Okay, how many, I mean, I thought they were the coolest thing. My mom would not buy them for me. And so I'm at met the, met the little candy thing, and um, I stick the thing in my pocket, and I walk out with it. Oh, oh no, we're in trouble now. <laughs> okay, hang on. Story to be continued. Oh, page four and 12. Okay, that's not cool. <laughs> Insert four. All right, I, do know, I did know number my pages just in case this did happen. Okay. I think we're all right. I got to hang on to these. This thing is really steep. Okay, so we leave the store. Hang on, we got through that one, got through that one. Okay, we leave the store, and um, as a little kid, I had to use a restroom at another store. Well, your mom has to go into this restroom with you. And I'm in there, and these cigarettes fall out of my pocket, man. And I was busted. It's like, like what are you doing? So I was like a thief, even at five or six years old. And obviously, that's not the way, you know, you want to make a living is shoplifting. But nonetheless, I get caught and busted, and, and so that kind of put the kibosh on that. But it's so easy to rationalize and to think and to uh, compromise, and we want to be careful of that. So be watchful, because the world around us could care less. They're doing it, and we kind of just fall right into that mainstream, and God says we live by a different standard, your new creation in Christ. And then I was thinking how we want to be watchful for others as well. We were on a mission trip to Honduras. And so here's a group on the guy top right. Yeah, I was much younger back then. Uh, and the missionary, well, I had maybe five or six that came down with the team with us. And we stayed at the missionary's house. And the missionary says, okay, don't leave any loose change around, sitting around uh, and he hires Christian staff. They clean the house, help cook, because it's too much of a temptation for them, and that may, may take your money. I'm thinking, dude, these guys are Christians. Like, what do you mean, take my money? Okay, we won't do that. But for my mind, I thought, okay, that's not a temptation. Why would it be a temptation for them? Okay, we followed suit. We didn't. We tried not to do that. So this is a site. We're about two hours away from the missionary's home. He took about five, I think, Christian guys with them to help. Uh, work on a clinic. And it was a wet and muddy, as you can tell. It was pretty dirty. So I left my jeans out with some others in the backyard to dry for the night. And the backyard's enclosed, so no neighbors can really get into it. I go back out in the morning. We're heading back, and someone took my jeans. Now, there's only five guys that could have taken it. And I'm thinking, seriously, they took my jeans? I thought, okay, well, 
you know, I can get new jeans back in the States pretty easily. Maybe jeans are hard to come by. I'll let the guy have them. I have no idea who it is. Well, we get back to the missionary's house, and the missionary catches wind that that happened. He goes, well, I'm going to call the five guys, and whoever it is, they're going to bring your jeans back and apologize. Well, okay, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> I hear this knock on the door, and here's the guy standing right there with my jeans. I'm thinking, you took my jeans? <laughs> and I just say that. was like my mind. And so... And it all worked out. The missionaries try to teach lessons here that it may sound silly that you have a weakness in this area, but the reality is I want to be watchful of that. And it may sound like you're kidding. You have a weakness in that area? I don't, I don't have a weakness there, but you have weaknesses in other areas. And so as a church, we want to live transparent lives to where I'm, I'm willing to share, hey, I struggle in this area. Would you help me, encourage me not to fall in that area and to be transparent in that so I'm watchful for you. And not think of it as silly or crazy, even though back then I thought, man, you're going to steal from somebody who's living in your house? If that's the, if that's the temptation, we want to be careful of that. So be watchful for others first. So 2023, let's be watchful and live in the light that you're a new creation in Christ. All right, second one, stand firm in the faith. And that's the idea, confidence in God's word as a framework for life. 100% committed to the kingdom call. So I want to stand firm in his word, the scriptures. This means i got to get to know the scriptures as well. And so I'm going to jump back into an Old Testament story that's going to talk about standing firm in the faith, going to talk about being brave and being strong and how that relates to us. And so, you know, in the Corinthians, in their BC days before Christ, they were running into a lot of areas that did not honor the Lord. And so when you become a Christian, I got to align my life now with the Word of God. And so that's very important. What does God's Word say and to act upon it? So I'm going to jump back. A lot of us know this story. So Israel is in bondage to, in Egypt 400 years. They're praying for deliverance. Moses shows up. They're miraculously delivered. The greatest, one of the greatest kingdoms in the world at that time, was crushed by the miracles and power of God. And those miracles and powers were not just to show the Egyptians who God was, but it was to show the Israelites who God, who God is. And that was important. So they're heading to the promised, promised land. You know, It was a promise from God that they were going to get this, this land. It was God's word that said you're going to get this land. And so Moses, he picks 12 leaders, one leader from each tribe, and they are going to do this pre-promised land tour, right? And it'll be very interesting because it's going to reveal their heart. Do they really trust the Lord? Do they really cling to his promise? Are they standing firm in the faith? Are they brave? Are they strong? Not in themselves, but in God. Okay, so we got some slides. They're gone for 40 days, and they bring this report back. So here's what they're supposed to do. This is back in Numbers. Uh, send men to spy out the land. So are the people strong or weak? Okay, check. I'll look for that. Are the people few or many? Okay, I'll look for that. Is the land good or bad? Okay. Are there camps or strongholds? Is the land fertile or barren, forest or not? They want wood, obviously, to build. Okay, next slide. So the spies report, they come back, and it's really going to reveal their heart. 40 days later, Here's what they say, and there's abundance of food, man. This is great property, great land. But here's what they say. People are strong, okay. Cities are fortified, yep. Giants in the land, and the sad phrase, we are not able. 
Now, that's okay if to say, I'm not able, if I say, but God is. But in this case, they're saying, we're not able. The people cry, they weep all night, they complain. If only we had died in Egypt or this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us into this land? That was a sad day for the Lord. All the miracles they just saw in Egypt, and they go out and say, yeah, the land is abundant, it's fruitful, it's a great place, but we're not able. I mean, that's crushing for the Lord. And so the next slide, 10 of the 12 said, gave that report. And Joshua and Caleb, they quiet the people, and they say, let's go, man, we can take this. God is with us. The Lord will bring us into this land. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people. In other words, stand firm on God's word. Be brave. Be strong. And what's interesting about the response is the people wanted to stone them with stones. I mean, they nearly lost their life to try to speak up for the Lord. The Lord gave them this. It was the promised land. They were to stand firm on his word, and they fail. And the Lord says, how long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me with all the miracles, signs which I have performed among them? And the test reveals Israel's dependence on human reasoning rather than trusting the Lord, and it kept many from entering God's best. And that was a sad story. And here's, here's to me, the key. It is not in, it's not in my ability or, or lack of it. I'm not able, but he is. I know who is able. And that's what I got to think of as a Christian. My mindset is not me, but God. And when he's calling us to step into something, he is able. And I may not be able, I might not be able to get the victory, but I know if God's calling me, he is able. So he's not asking you to do something you're not capable. Well, he may be asking you to actually do something you're not capable of. But he says, I'm capable through you. And that's what he's calling you into. And stand firm. This is the promise. I promise you this land, and the Israelites say, I can't do it. I can't do it. Why? Because yeah, there's strong people there. The cities are fortified. There's giants. And they, they give up. And they, they remove the God factor. And so, as we stand firm in the faith, God is going to call you into things that I may be uncomfortable. He may call you into change a lifestyle that he says, okay, I want to address this in your life. You need to change this in your life. And I want to re- remain teachable. As I stand firm in the faith, I want to read God's scripture. I want to cling to that, his word. I want to pursue it. I want it to change my life. I want to be teachable. And the Israelites, man, they are seeing all this displayed before them in Egypt. They weren't very teachable. They weren't grasping who this God is. I mean, they're crying out to him for hundreds of years, deliver us, deliver us. And when he delivers them, they're like, who are you? You know, it's like, they did not cling to his word. And so, be teachable. I want, to, I want to absorb the scriptures and as it exhorts me or changes and directs me, I want to be changed by that. And so, be teachable in that. All right, be brave. Let's jump to the next one. So, to be brave for 2023, willing to endure danger or pain, unpleasant conditions without showing fear. Now, it also has the idea to be courageous, the ability to do something that frightens you. You know, Hebrews 13, 6, a good verse to link with this. It says that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. The Lord is our helper. As we're serving him and as he's directing us and he's guiding us, I get my strength, I get my bravery from him. Not because of me, but because of him. And to be strong. 
And Israel pulls back. They were not going to jump into that. And it's to be strong, to persevere, exchange your weakness for God's strength. Another verse in Corinthians, this is the second book, however. My power works best in weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. Really, when that happens, he gets the glory. I don't get the glory. I want Christ to get the glory, and I can take my weakness that God, I can't do it. I'm not able, but you are able. And I exchange my weakness, here's my weakness, God, and it gives me his power. And so Israel failed to do that, and they spent 40 years wandering in the desert and not getting there. And now, even though that story was long ago, again, I don't think the heart of man has really changed and the Christian walk, walk, as we talked even earlier, earlier before, as we were singing in some of the words Andrew was sharing, the Christian walk can be challenging, it can be hard, it can be painful, it can seem impossible at times, but God is with us. He will carry you through that. A key verse, and again, Second Corinthians now, chapter 1, we'll jump that on the screen. Here's what Paul's saying in verse 8 of chapter 1 of Second Corinthians we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We thought we would never live through it. And here's Paul's conclusion. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again we have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us, and you are helping us by praying for us. I thought if you get nothing out of this message, this is key what Paul learned in life. God used him tremendously, and through his experience, he said, I stopped relying on myself and learned to rely on God. My confidence is in him. and my own strength, I can't do, do this for the Lord, but I can rely on him and exchange my weakness for his strength and I place my confidence in him. When I was reading through the book of Joshua, now Joshua, who was one of the two that spoke up and said, hey, we can do it. Forty years later, he finally gets to go into the promised land. And I'm reading this book. And so verse 5 of chapter 1, God's promise, I will not fail you or abandon you. We're going to go for it. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be strong and courageous. Study this book, meditate it on day and night. This book is our food that strengthens us. Verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The reason is, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verse 18, be strong and courageous. And so Joshua is encouraging Israelites this time, let's go for it. We're on the edge of the promised land. And be strong and courageous. Not, he's not calling you to be strong and courageous in a sense. I'm strong and courageous because of the promise of God that I'm clinging to and I'm moving forward. And so it's an invitation really from God saying, are you going to trust me with this journey? Are you going to work with me? Because I believe there's some here this morning, there's a big group, great to see you on New Year's Day, getting up in the morning, thank you. Uh, you might see these, these giants in the land in 2023, and a giant might be a new ministry. Okay, I've never done this before. It can be scary. I need to be brave. I need to persevere. I need to... I feel God's calling me into this. Are you willing to step into that? Be brave, be strong, not in your abilities, but in his abilities. Uh, maybe there's broken relationships, friendships, marriages that are struggling, hurting. God's calling you. God can restore these things 
If, if God is calling you to do that, we've got to step into that for 2023. Maybe it's finishing school, your degree. School is kind of hard for me, I admit, back in the day. And, it, and God's calling you to keep persevering, keep, keep strong. The, scare, the unknown can be scary, just like the Israelites. They go in there and they gather information. It's like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. I can't do it. But God says, great, that's exactly where I want you. You can't do it. I can do it through you and your dependence is upon God. And you're nervous, and you lack confidence, and Satan will push back and say, you can't do it, you can't do it. And that's okay, because God can do it. And I want you to transfer. Don't rely on yourself. You rely on God. My confidence is in him. You stand firm in his word. You step forward, God. You're brave, and you be strong. And you, this is all what God wants us to do for 2023. Now, and I do understand, there's, there's some things that God, I don't, Maybe I didn't have to step into something for this year, but maybe something stepped into me. And I know some have gone through health situations, right? You had no control of it, and all of a sudden, now this steps into me, and my health is really critical. Or maybe it's uh, relationships that are crashing, or your job that is getting terminated, whatever it is. There's situations that step into you, and you have no control over. You're not trying to get called to step into something, but you find yourself there, and it's like, Satan wants to have you doubt that God truly loves you and God's not really working through this with you and you're kind of abandoned. And that's not true. Those are the lies from Satan. And here's the hard part. And I, I mean, I admit, God has given me good health. Praise the Lord. I don't take that for granted. But the difficulty in this season, if you're in this season, is exchanging your story that you want written for your life for God's story. And I know that's really hard. That's a very hard exchange. Because you can see other Christians, how come they get that? And how come they get that? And how come I get this? And that's a hard exchange to, to walk down that path. But God, he is a loving God. He cares for you. And, and I don't understand all the, the details, only I commit it to him, that he's trying to write a love story, even though we don't see it or understand it. So I know some people are going through some deep waters, and God's calling you still to be brave in that and to be strong, not in your strength, but in his strength. Okay, so we're going to wrap up with do all things in love. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 13, is, love is patient, it's kind, it's not jealous, it's, or boastful, or proud, or rude, does not demand its own way, is not irritable, keeps no record of wrong, does not rejoice about injustices, but rejoices in truth, never gives up, never loses faith, always hopeful, and endures. Now, I didn't have the first part of this verse, but it's interesting. I could, it says, you could give your body to be burned. Now, is that being brave? But if you don't have love, it profits nothing. I can have the strength to move mountains, but if I don't have love, it profits nothing. I can understand all mysteries. I can be smart. I, I can understand these things, but if I don't have love, it profits nothing. And so love must be all part of these, the four things we just looked at. I'll give a couple of illustrations here. So we were with uh, Jeremy and Haley at Noli's Pizza in Blackstone. Anybody been there? I've never, this is the first time I've been there. So Debbie and I were sitting down with him, we're chatting, and the gal behind the counter keeps looking at Debbie, and she goes, I think I know you. And then they figured out she's a gal from New Community, which is a, a ministry for ladies in recovery. They come over and talk. So I've been clean for three years. Now this gal has a nonviolent felony that she has worked through. 
and has a job. This, it's hard to actually get jobs when you've gone through that situation because sometimes you have to declare that. So she's coming over and she's chatting. She goes, hey, something really cool happened. She also works at U-Haul to help pay for, the, pay for her bills. And so she goes, this gal comes in and I can tell she was crying. And uh, Kasha, I think that's how you pronounce her name, close enough. She goes, hey, hon, what's, what's going on? I'm human, you can tell me what's happening. She's this very personal gal. And she convinces the gal to share what's going on. And she has this U-Haul full of stuff. I don't know if I didn't catch if the, her friends bailed out, whatever. She has no one to help her unload this big U-Haul. And Kasha says, hey, I get off at three. I, I can help you. I can come out there and, and help you unload it. And so she convinces the lady to do that. So Kasha comes and I don't know how many hours it took to unload it. And the gal gives her $80 and says, hey, thanks. She also needed a ride home. Kasha says, hey, I can give you a ride home. The gal gives her another $20. I mean, Kasha's not doing this for money. She's just loves people and willing to step out and do this. And so at the end of all this, this gal says, hey, uh, if you're ever looking for a job, I'm a manager, uh, a department in a big corporation here in town. I'd love to hire you as an assistant manager. It pays for $30 an hour. You get benefits. Uh, you have a pension. Uh, and I'd love to hire you. She goes, man, I'd love that. But she goes, you're not going to want to hire me because I'm a felon a past felon, she goes, I will waive that because I, I know who you are just by walking with you this afternoon. And I'm like, and, and, I'm like, and Noli's piece of work, I'm clapping, you know. <laughs> like, praise the Lord. She goes, I got a big girl's job now. I can pay my bills. I might even get a house or something. So to me, what this story showed is she saw someone who was struggling and needing, and she comes alongside and says, hey, is there any way I can help you? Now, sometimes it's beyond your help. Sometimes it's not. And so, but she was willing to reach out and show love to this person, a stranger. And as a result of that, both people were blessed. So I just thought that was really a cool story of expressing love in all that you do, even to strangers you don't even know. Okay, so now a flip side to that. So um, I also have a Christmas, my wife and I, we do a Christmas tree farm. So we had some extra wreaths at the end of the season about three weeks ago. I thought, okay, I'm going to take... Uh, one to work. There's about 10 of us that work at the, here in Omaha. I thought, okay, pick a number between one and I sent an email. Pick a number between one and 100. I got this number in my desk drawer. The uh, person close to us gets this wreath. Now, there's this one gal in her office who irritates everybody. I mean, sad to say, pushes everybody's buttons. I mean, really, she, she is one of those difficult people. It seems like wherever I work, there's one person that's like that, just a different name. <laughs> and... Uh, and I send this out, and I say, okay, get your number in by 10 o'clock, and I'm seeing the numbers come in. Okay, this person, like my neighbor Podmate, sweet, she's, this gal is in the running. And this person that irritates everybody is, is like the last person to enter the number. And guess who wins? <laughs> I was not expecting that. I'm like, are you serious? And it actually revealed in my heart. It's like, I don't want to give this wreath to her. Are you kidding me? Now, no one knew the number, I mean, I can make that number whatever I want it to be, and I could give it to whoever I want it to be. And so, well, I said, you know what, Lord, I got to love her too, even though that was not my initial reaction. And so I sent an email back out, everybody's numbers, here's the number I picked, and this gal, I said, is a winner. Now, what's interesting is this gal says, I'm surprised you gave it to me. Because she understood, I think, in her position. 
But that showed me, and also reveals something else that if, if it was her, she would change the number because I thought you'd give it to somebody you knew, you're one of your friends, like you're, somebody you know really well. But it showed me her position too because she probably would have done that. But, and I don't know if that did anything to her, but I think other people were surprised too that I stepped forward and said, she's the winner. And what I learned from that is you got to show love even to what, quote, unlovable people. And it's not dependent upon the outcome that, okay, something flips in them and they come to Christ, whatever it is. Love is not dependent. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And yet the majority of the world could care less about that. But that, that, that did not hinder his love being expressed through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have to love people, even though it's, they're unlovable so it's in our minds, we have to reach out in love. And so I'm still thankful that even with Christ, even looking at his life in, in these verses that we read, he stood firm in the faith. When he knew his hour has, was come, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. It was time to be crucified. I mean, that is like the pinnacle of history. He stood firm in that calling, and he went. And he was, he was brave. He was willing to endure the cross and the crucifixion for us, the spitting and the mocking and the beating for me, for you. And he was, he was strong. He was, he was faithful, persevering to the end. He saw it till it was finished. And then he did all in love. I mean, greater love has no man than this to lay his life down for a friend. And he did that for me. And so I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ who died for me, who paid the price for me and all my sin and all my mess, even like the Corinthians. They were messy people. I'm messy people. And it's sad to say, you're messy people too, right? But Christ loves us in the mess and he's going to bring us along. And I'm so thankful he's my companion. He's my strength. He's my hope. He is the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. Therefore, when I'm called by him to act and do something, my confidence is in him. It's not in me. It's not that I am uh, brave in my own strength, but because of what he has done for me. My confidence is in him. So for 2023, my heart's desire is that we're watchful, right? Look out for temptations. They're going to come. I just know it. So be watchful and uh, be careful in the areas of uh, temptations, not just for me, but for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Stand firm in the faith and be teachable. You know, as you're reading the scriptures, I mean, this book is alive. It's alive and, and, it, and it discerns my thoughts and intents of my heart, which is really kind of interesting. As I'm reading, it's discerning my thoughts and it's like God speaks to you. Be teachable, then stand firm in that. This is what God says. I'm going to live it, I'm going to have it change my life. Be brave, you know, be called into something that might scare you. I really believe God's calling you into some here, into things like, I, I'm a little hesitant because I, I, it's the unknown, I don't know. But be brave. If God's calling you, step into that. And to be strong, persevere, don't give up. And then wraps it all with a bow. Let all that you do be done in love. And so for 2023, I just pray that God really moves in a mighty way. It's, it's really cool to be part of Providence. I really see God blessing and Satan would love to do what he can to stir things up and cause trouble, but, you know, pray for unity and just we can move forward to, and to be these things for 2023. All right, let's pray. Father, we do. I just thank you for the scriptures and even the Old Testament examples of people that you walk with them and, yeah, they stumble and they fall like the Israelites and no doubt 
um, hurts. You're, you that you, you, we do, you do so much for us, and we still struggle. And, and Father, help us for this next year to have our confidence in you, to rely on you and not ourselves, because the reality is we are not able. But Father, may it not stop there like the Israelites where then they cried and wept, and it's like, I wish I had never, in a sense, became a Christian. I was never delivered from Egypt, and how no doubt that hurts you. And so help us, Father, to be willing to say, I have weakness, I'm not able, but my strength comes from you, and my ability comes from you. And so help us to be strong and brave and watchful and stand in love through what you provide through us. And so... We ask this in the Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise